Welcome back to class. It is Sad Boy Summer podcast. Sad Boy Boy Summer? Yeah, we're going to do some depressing uh, animes coming up here pretty soon. (laughs) You think so? Really? I, we already have discussed it. We oh we have yeah yeah is that next is that next episode? I we're think gonna, it might be. We, I kind of want to because it's kind of a legend in the space. You have no idea what we're talking about, and that's the point. And that is the point. Stick, stay tuned to find stay, out. Stay tuned to get depressed in your sad boy summer. Hell yes! But I'm your tan boy summer, Ricky. By the way, what's up? I'm Ethan. <laughs> Just got back from the beach, uh, <laughs> like four hours ago. Nice. It was, it was, you know, it's vac- it, people keep talking that they commonly have the post vacation blues. I'm on a vo- like post vacation high, like, because I wanted to get back. I was in a cramped villa with a lot of people, and I didn't have like my time to watch anime, you know, because mm. I just saw like, you know, s- like the seasonals like pass up some really good eps, and I'm like, oh my. Yeah, yeah. There's I have the Tokyo Revengers episode. I have to catch up, my dude. Uh, th- th- I'm about to take my vacation after we record this. Right after the vacation, where I was devoid of anime. Well, I did watch My Hero Academia on the beach, and that was actually pretty, pretty chill. Pretty mm. chill. So, I mean, I I didn't like it was like literally the chillest episode of the entire season. Like nothing really happened. And it was all about like wholesome vibes. But I was kind of in that mode. Right. Like I I was like, literally, I could pause it, pull the headphones out. I must Ah. say, what were they thinking doing a Christmas episode in literally the middle of the summer? And which is weird is because they like they shoehorn Christmas in their own episode. Right. It (laughs) it didn't like it didn't even have Christmas. This The title was Christmas. Yeah. Have a very Merry Christmas. And I'm like, that's cool. But they didn't do Christmas shit until the very last like six minutes. And I'm like, this is weird. This is very weird. Is that canon? I want to know if that's manga canon. <sighs> maybe they're adapting something that came out during like maybe Christmas 2020 or something. I don't know. I you know, I don't know. Um I don't very know. It's strange. Like, I just I just find it odd. Like they they do pretty long seasons, right? That Right. Generally, like, cross over into another season of, like, actual life. Why couldn't they have just, you know, waited for their Christmas episode till, like, around Christmas? Right. And, and even if you wanted to go, oh, but professors, it could be Christmas in July. Nah, it's in June. They missed the mark there, too. Yeah, yeah. So you didn't even have the de facto social holiday of Christmas in July. Nope, you didn't even have that. You didn't even have that. Yeah, sorry. I know we're getting on a bit of a tangent about this, but That's it how just we started. Like, truly irked me. I it was, was like, very what weird. The fuck is going on? They've had they've, they've always done this. They've always had that weird kind of like recap or filler in the middle kind of situation, and it just you know they think it lands. I don't know. Let us know if it landed, but we're not here to talk about that at all. Instead, uh, we're going to talk about something else I just thought of right now. Right now, yeah, just generally right now. All right. So, what is a movie that you? Th- think of as a christmas movie that is traditionally probably not a christmas movie die hard not including die hard everyone (laughs) everyone thinks die hard's a christmas movie Uh, i think so nice try uh, fair okay um wouldn't oh man you're that's a did you have one in mind because so yes but it's kind of like it's a long series and there's always Christmas in it. So it's like kind of fucked. Okay. But every Harry Potter movie, for some reason, I feel like fits pretty solidly in Christmas time if well, they, you were to watch it during Christmas. Right. Don't they always, because well, it's the over the course of a school exactly. year, right? So 
like Christmas exists in every one of them. The Goblet of Fire might have been the best banger because they had an actual like Yule live ball. band. Yeah, they have a, the Yule Time Ball where they had that yeah. big banging band. So like, yeah, kind of a pretty rad moment. I don't know if that was in the, was that in the book? Where they had yeah, this, yeah. okay, good. Because I haven't read the book since I was a wee, wee lad, a uh, professor in training, if you will. <laughs> and I will. Um, but I mean, we, t- we talked about my hero having a weird non-succinct ending to what they're about to have a break for july by the way so that's kind of like the succinct a non-succinct end to the end of their half of their season huh but we're about to talk about a Wait, show did you have an answer or no no i didn't because that's really okay. uh, it's really str- I'll, I'll 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 think of it in the back of my i'm going to devote a couple wrinkles to that okay, thought fair, fair, but fair. i need to at least, i need at least 80 wrinkles for this episode gotcha because we're talking about a show that truly had a succinct ending and it's maybe our first does it still anime, but in my opinion, it 1000% does. Yeah. Frankly. Because so we are talking about season yeah. four of Castlevania. The, the, the show's actual end, they seem to have really succinctly locked it down, and I was sufficiently satisfied. But we is really. Is it ha- the end? Uh, yes, it has to be. I mean, why? I, I think this is like, I was looking at reviews, and they all said the word final season, final season, final season. Okay. So I'm going to go off the reviewers. I don't know if this was... I wouldn't say the story was like a succinct ending, though. Everything it felt... It was a good pausing spot. It felt pretty tied. I mean, it felt pretty tied up, I think. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just... I, maybe part of me wants to believe that this is the end, given I saw all the things that this is the final season. Because I'm not a big fan of shows that have such a pretty bow, but then decide to you know, uh, extend the show in a way that feels a little unnatural. Like, wait, why is there more of this? Like Food Wars season a thousand or whatever it is. Yeah. Season five. I, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Season four. They, the bow could not be tighter. It was beautifully done. And then they decided to, someone gets absolutely murdered. Yeah. Right. They literally stab him with a paring knife. (laughs) He dies on the operation table, and then for some reason he's back in season what five. What show do you think? What 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 genre do you think that's about? Surgery? <laughs> Medical? <What>? They, <laughs> they stab somebody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he gets stabbed. Yeah, he gets stabbed. <laughs> we watched the same show, right? I didn't realize you watched Food Wars. Yeah, yeah. He gets killed in episode one, and he's back by season four ending, and he also dies then. Uh. Spoilers much? I know, it's wild. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's a redemption arc <laughs> over the course of four seasons for right. my boy Soma, but okay. it's fine. Um, Wait, so I couldn't figure out if season five, like if death came and just decided to let him live or like what exactly happened? Oh, I mean... Necromancers? <laughs> Are we talking about the same show still? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Food Wars, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Death definitely popped in and was just like, your cooking's too good. Beat me to food challenge. And he goes, yeah. He literally killed him with his food and then stabbed him for good measure. Exactly. Yeah. Then season five, he's like, A nah. knife. Okay. I was pretty clear about that part. <laughs> We've mixed everything up. Yes. It's yes, all yes. mixed. Oh, my God. So, I mean, honestly, dude, Castlevania, season four, they stepped it 1,000% up. In a lot of areas, it almost as if like Netflix was like, "Here, have my wallet, powerhouse, have this." So that is town. that is something I was thinking. If this is like fully like everyone decided this is the last season, maybe they had like additional budget for another season. And they just said, "Fuck it, we're gonna throw it all into one 
you know, one final 10 upper. Yeah. Because every single episode had animation that I think is better than anything I've potentially ever seen before. Ever is quite a bold word. I'm not like, just, I'm not quite find full a better out this, one. I'm not quite. Find a better show. Triple B. This is definitely better than that. It's e- crazy. There's, there's a lot of good Triple B animation. Like, I, I, I don't know. It, it almost felt like a perfect blending between Western aesthetic and Eastern like techniques and fluidity and sakuga and there's there was more of a blending here right there I was mean, a game stepper i meant right? to find me a show that beats this on a literal per episode basis might still lock into triple b but i mean that's you know 10 straight episodes of actual fire animation and like potentially scenes that i'm just like this is kind of dumb but they're just going like they're going hog wild, right? Damn. <laughs> I, I, that I agree 1000%. Like the, the scenes, like there's no business where this particular fight or moment or scene should have like top notch animation. And yet they decided to add it anyway. There's like, absolutely screw it. I, I think that's what, what you said might actually been true because what gives it away is the season length. 10 episodes seem to be what Netflix would consider a full season for any show that's come out in the last like, Four or five years. All the big boys have 10 eps. They all have 10 eps per season. Like what? Um, recently, Shadow and Bone, which is kind of this convoluted, but also weirdly tropey fantasy Game of Thrones avatar, Last Airbender kind of mix. But, huh. but again, 10 eps. 10 eps is the, is, is the length for a show that like Netflix has kind of decided that are going to go full hog into. In terms of budget, in terms of uh, runway, uh, you look back. I mean, they're all kind of that way. The last one, I don't think that was kind of like that with series of unfortunate events. But God, um, what a show! It, it, right. I mean, but but to that, they had the you know backstory to uh, validate their budget, their runway, their creative freedom. And I think now that we've seen the entirety of Castlevania, it's worth bringing up kind of in retrospect what it is to capture the imagination and the spirit of a of a ip without needing to follow something by the letter right because there was none of that with castlevania they had games they had a string of games uh saint germain was from an n64 game alucard was like debuted in like one of the second or third games they really captured what made the Castlevania universe so great without having a hard and fast rubric in front of them, which to me, actually, I find more and more impressive as I watch the seasons. Mm, Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, when you have it literally an open book to do whatever you want, it's like not really that impressive to me that they (laughs) kick out a story together because I will say there's been a, there was a couple times that like specifically this season where I was like, you know, why can this guy do that? You know, it just, it seems like it would have been nice um, if they had put any foundation down to explain, like, the closer you were to being, like, one of the first vampires, the stronger you are, and these, like, various powers you will receive. Because, Fair. like, okay. there was some wild shit that happened with some of the people, like, near the end of the season where, like, they had, like, ridiculous powers and, like, not really well explained like beautiful fun to watch but i was sure, just like sure, i right. don't get what's happening here do you do you have a particular example in mind because I have four examples <laughs> camilla 
okay. has a nuclear bomb inside of her, unexplained. Fair. Um, Russian vampire guy has like uh, insane Var- weird Varney? powers. Varney, the guy who up Saint Germain. No, that's death at that's, the end. Well, right. Oh, well, spoiler town, ah, but it. it's all right. <laughs> uh, the it was the Russian guy that was like you know telling oh I am I am a fucking vampire yeah, yeah. I am vampire I am vampire I am war <laughs> you know, yeah, I, yeah I get him okay he had like some wild powers too yeah fair down in the uh, like underground catacombs when they were fighting sure the guy who came up for the final battle with the like look like um, Mongolian armor. Oh, yeah, he was wild as hell. <laughs> he was nuts. All right, that one I get. Okay, fair. And then, you know, of course, death at the end. So what's interesting about those particular characters are the... I did a little research because I did have the same inquiry as you. Is there credence for what these people can do? St. Germain, we'll get into him because he... I'm like, dude, you're essentially controlling time and space. Like, that's what you can do. And... I looked, and his power set is directly derived from the game he was debuted in as a playable character, I believe. I don't know if he's playable, but he, the power sets were in line. So, maybe the liberties... I mean, th- that's fine. I'm just saying, like, if you're trying to tell a story, it is ideal to tell people, like, at least say, the older the vampire, the stronger they are, the more wild, unique powers they have. Because that's the thing, like... Just give some idea, right? Each of them had, like, a unique-ass power, and it's like, Seems kind of not realistic when you've got, you know what I mean? Like, just tell us that, okay, every vampire has his own power. And maybe like, that's, okay, done. Yeah. Okay. I, okay. I, I could see the logic there because maybe that's the danger of doing what these guys did and just use this kind of lo- loose universe that was built through these games, right? Yeah. To build something. And they did a lot of good work in giving homages to those super fans, but it never felt like it was shoved in the face of individuals and be like, what am I looking? It feels like I should know what this is, right? They never really did that. But the downside is they felt maybe they didn't have to explain as much because maybe there is some weird subverted super fan rule in the Castlevania universe that we just weren't savvy to, right? Maybe that does have credence somewhere, but we didn't get it. And that's not the way you should probably perform the storytelling and lore building. Yeah, you know, but like I this. mean, to be fair, they're making a show for non-Japanese people. So you would expect, like, okay, these people are going to know of Castlevania, but they're not going to know all the lore. Right. The title screen is all you get for most individuals coming to this space, That's right? what I would think. Okay. You know? So and you know, maybe do- it's just a difference of opinion that I have between uh, you know myself and wh- whoever created this show. No, the logic is sound. I mean, and yeah, maybe if that's a kind of a, a tip off to other people going to try the Castlevania game is like if you're going to loosely adapt this universe built in some other medium that probably doesn't have a lot of applicability in a visual passive storytelling medium, maybe do a little more work for those that aren't completely savvy to that <laughs> that particular universe. Um, no, and- I think it's probably just laziness saying like. Yeah, we get to make them do whatever the hell we want, you know, and, and not just like do a one line throwaway about like this is how vampires exist. Are all vampires nuclear bombs? Well, too bad. I guess they That's are. What I don't yeah, understand. maybe they are. Like, Who knows? What the fudge was that all about? Maybe why they... were her eyes bloody? Like what was happening there? And actually, you're right because wasn't in like week five in the intro when Trevor and Silva uh, is basically going around 
like fighting things and kind of that montage scene and he stabs a vampire in the chest and it didn't explode. Yeah, yeah. So like, okay, there's kind of some light inconsistencies here, which is interesting. Well, like I would have been understood if it was his forge master knife stabbed her and then she exploded because uh, his knife is wild, yeah. but she killed right. herself. She did. She she went full nuclear. Yeah. She just, didn't have a special sword. Like her sword wasn't like obviously strong, but like it wasn't special as far as we knew. Right. Cause I don't know. This is like kind of not a super important part of it, but I was just like a little uh, baffled by the fact that they decided to not explain at all what the like differences between all the vamps were. Well, okay. What well, let's turn it on its head because that might be a matter of perspective. Because you think you you're onto something where this show is actually quite good at lore building for what it had to work with. And if we're nitpicking to this level, I think for what they did, it's quite quality, right? We have kind of these inner uh, inner political struggles between both the sect of vampires and sect of human beings. Like, that's you have that. And the way they co-mingle was very, I would say, complicated for the work of what it is. Like, the the way that vampires hu- see humans and the way that humans see vampires, especially in season four, they did a fantastic job kind of showing but not telling that kind of thing. But if we're able to nitpick the hierarchy of the abilities of the vampires, that means they gave us enough to actually expose that crack, right? To actually see like, okay, you did all this work, but here's that sliver that I'm I don't not know. Cool I with. think any show like that, like that is a required piece of the puzzle. Otherwise, what's the difference between a vampire that was turned yesterday and one that was turned 3,000 years ago? Did you I feel think like it's that what was shows like um, okay. True Blood do really well? Okay. The older the vampire, the stronger. Okay. You know, the originals, uh, Vampire Diaries, the older the vampire, the stronger. Like there's okay. certain sire lines in some of those shows that are interesting where like, in, for instance, the Vampire Diaries like show if the first vampire, like the originator of that line, gets killed, everyone else dies out. Makes sense. Which would yeah. have been interesting, except for you know, no one would exist because Dracula died. Fair and yeah, exactly. Then the whole the whole threat would have been gone, right? right? We wouldn't have a show. But to I guess you're right. To that point, though, the way I see that level of you know uh, gap in detail. If the narrative as a whole for any of these major characters were actually, I don't know, impacted in such a way, and maybe death is the only exemption of the four that you had mentioned, whereas think the Camilla Isaac fight, right? Like her going nuclear, what the end result wasn't anything that was earth shattering outside of her own death, right? <laughs> Go nuclear. We're going nuclear. <laughs> we're going vamp nuclear. No shit. Don't do it. <laughs> Just blow up the whole fucking castle. Why aren't you? Like, what? Yeah, right. But Isaac still lived. We're already in spoiler town now. So, I mean, yeah, you, already, you already dropped it. So, we're in spoiler town now. Um, I, like, there was no outcome that was different because of her performing that last kamikaze-esque act. Um Outside of what have already would have happened, Camilla is dead. Isaac's alive. Isaac gets to you know convene post fight with Hector about his plans. Like it all would have gone on, right? Death and even and honestly, even death. I mean, like us not knowing the origins and the validity of what they can or can't do from this power system standpoint, they didn't write it in such a way that was integral to the narrative's you know through line. That like if she had gone nuclear and killed a bunch of major characters. 
yeah, you better tell me why she's able to do that because that has huge implications in the story. But it didn't. I don't know. It, and, and maybe that's just like their excuse to not necessarily. I think that's true. But, yeah. you know, I don't know. I just as a guy who likes all the info given to me. Yeah, right. You know, when I am robbed of that opportunity. OK, here we are. All right. And, that, and that's a, that's a fair thing to have. Like if you. Yeah. I want to see some real robust world building, and I do well, enjoy like, that. Yeah. What's so effing hard about telling me what what makes certain vampires stronger than others? Like that doesn't seem very difficult of a throwaway line to explain. And generally, it's age. So, like, <laughs> would come we on. would we complain that they just threw it away in a line and didn't go deeper if they no. gave it to us? I were like the I've older the, the vampire, the stronger the vampire. I'd be like, well, there we go. <laughs> Here we are. That's all I need. Because you're right. It, it wasn't consequential but it, a throwaway line would have been nice it would have been great but i mean i think we should give a little context because we haven't actually talked about season two or three just are you sure i'm pretty sure we talked about season one does an anime or season two we talked about i think multiple of the seasons i think we talked about season one and two we're gonna find go out. i guess we'll find out but where we are at the beginning of season four because it is a little important to know we do have Trevor. And, oh, did we talk about St. Germain in the last one? Maybe we did. Yeah. Trevor Belmont. Belmont. And, uh, the voice for the dub is really good. The, yeah, don't... This, this show is built for dub. Like, it's built from the ground up, from an animation and lip flap standpoint. It's built for dub. Do it. The voice acting is incredible. Um, where we are, at the beginning of season four, uh, Trevor and Silva, and in, in a way, St. Germain as well, they kind of triple threat this uh, occurrence that was happening in a town, and there's a big battle of uh, this town subjugating its people to summon what they, I believe, called the Visitor. Um, and uh, they kind of had this nice ending to that, but what it did was cement Trevor and Silva into... Sypha. Sypha into... Thank you for correcting me there, because I will get shit for that. Uh, Silpha for... Uh, basically a life of demon hunting together. A, a life of uh, horror hunting, if you will. And we kind of open the season with like a six-week montage of like a fight scene for every week since their major battle at the end of season three. And I actually super enjoyed that because you slowly saw the character of Sypha? Silpha? Cypher. Cypher. Is an R in that name? I yeah. thought it ended with an A. Well, Cypher. C-Y-P-H-E-R. No. I thought it was an S-L-Y. Oh, okay. Silpha. Silpha. I'm going with Silpha. It's not that. It's Scyther the Sky Dragon is basically... the executive producer. Okay, we only... I guess we only talked about season one. That's what I felt like. Okay. but yeah, could have sworn we had like re-up but i thought we did one and two maybe because two was six eps one was four. Oh, for yeah sure, for yeah sure. we didn't i don't know if we did season three i like season three because it was much more of an isolated story in one town and a really strong uh dracillian influence on this particular town <laughs> i like that word, yeah thank dracillian. you dracillian um and uh yeah it was <laughs> It's all structured from season one onward of people, entities, groups trying to get Dracula back for various reasons. And I kind of uh, I like season three's reasoning. 
Um, but uh, season three was it was the best of what it had because it actually had a through line. It didn't feel like Netflix threw it together. Powerhouse was given so limited time to do something. Season three felt like a concise story, which is great. Um, but season four, I really enjoyed the character development here. Even in the first step, we saw Scythe of the Sky Dragon go from this kind of like really nice. Um, what what were her what was her clan called? The they're like the they're like nomadic almost or, like orators of their own history, and she was like She's one of the speaker a speaker. Actually, I might actually literally be it. Um, and she was a speaker magician, one of the few, and she goes from this kind of like jovial, hopeful character. To this gutter mouth, jaded, just seen enough shit in just that six weeks to really kind of drag her down from that hopefulness into like more of a realistic, yeah, pragmatic character. Which good on them for making that natural feeling in like just the first episode, in my opinion. Yeah. Um. At first, I was like, "What are they doing here?" <laughs> right. Because it like I think it started like present day showed like two seconds of that and then it was like okay six weeks ago five weeks ago four weeks ago three weeks ago yeah like, right okay. I, I enjoy and um then- but I think it did a good job showing like this has been a absolutely never ending crawl ever since the end of last season and it really and actually the recap yeah. was phenomenal if, if yes uh, I don't know if you watched it but, I did I had to I was a little lost um, I mean I mean it did literally showed you everything you need to know to to keep going this season and honestly like completely revamped my brain to figure out where we're at because all that all the stuff from season three was actually extremely necessary for season four mm-hmm. yeah this uh infinite corridor idea uh, we'll plays get, like a yeah. huge part in this season it's integral because it, it definitely felt like a side character of a piece in season three until it suddenly was it because that's the way that these you know certain individuals in this story towards the end are trying to enact their plan um but honestly I, what i wanted to talk about when it comes to like cypher the sky dragon's fall is like her her getting sucked down to feel almost more like Trevor. She said it out loud. It's a little ham fisted, but I like what they did here. She was like, being around you's made me you've made me like this. And Alucard actually been like, my God, I'm turning into Trevor Belmont because I want to help people. It's fascinating the way that they perceive their gravitation towards the way that Trevor lives his life in a negative but almost semi-negative but positive way. Like, I want to help people intrinsically from Alucard's point of view. Oh my God, I've been coming like Trevor. You made me this gutter mouth, pessimistic asshole. I'm more like you. So they're coming from these weird directions, doing what Trevor does, hunting demons, but they're kind of coming from different angles in a weird way. I felt it was really subtle and complex. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I think for me, it was more the fact that Trevor, of course, is sad boy summer all the time. That boy said summer just supreme because yeah. this shit is literally his life every freaking day. And the problem for both Alucard and for um, <laughs> Slifer the Sky Dragon mm-hmm. is that they hadn't been exposed to that on like a literally, literally daily basis, right? Yeah. Um, and so it, I mean, it's got to be draining on you to continually fight every single day, every single week. Um, and then specifically, they mentioned in this season 
how they seem to be reactive, like reactionary to all these things. They just happen yes. to, you know, hear about something in the town over. They run over there and then they get freaking ambushed literally every week. And so um, it was it was kind of an interesting season because it was almost more about like agency. Like literally the entire yes. season was about that. Isaac speaks about it. Lenore speaks about it. Trevor speaks about it. Cypher, I guess, a little bit. And that's, yeah. So, I mean, this is about agency. I almost felt it was almost a meta commentary of the show as it was so far. Something happened and things rose to fight it, right? You know, Dracula happened and then Trevor rose to fight it. And then Alucard rose almost literally out of a coffin to fight it, right? There was this this lack of agency with all of our protags and they kind of woke up and were just like, what the hell are we doing? Let's just sit down and think for like five minutes about what we want to do. And when they do that, they make moves. They got well, it. Well, I think a lot of it is like the entire enemy is basically trying to resurrect the plan that had already been put forward previously. Right, right. right? They have no agency in the plan. They're just trying to like get that back going. Yeah. And I think Isaac really, I mean, of course, he was one of the main characters of the season in terms of this, this, uh, this theme thought. motif yes yeah. this uh you know i like motif that yeah, was good thank you um <laughs> he's basically saying like look i think we let them let the old plans die essentially like they've earned their rest it didn't work out and we should move forward and figure out what we want to do and uh i don't think hector ever fully like got that together it didn't seem like i mean he's like i'm gonna write a book like okay shut up yeah actually relax but it's it's funny because his brand of agency seemed to come before the others. Which is wild because he was nuts last season. Yes. He was fucking wild. <laughs> he really, and, that's, and that's something that I, I found interesting looking back on this season. When I was starting to hear kind of mid-season all this agency talk, I was thinking, has any character, every character that talks about it explicitly is finally kind of coming to grips with, I can make a change in the world. Whereas Hector in this season seemed to be pretty calm collected had a plan had agency and even in his tiny bubble and shackles right because he had probably the least room for agency and yet he was making plants he was getting stuff ready to go he was making moves but where did that all lead him i mean it led him to kind of overthrow and assist isaac but well i think he was pretty sure that isaac was going to kill him so like he was just setting the ground to right 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 yeah. There was no future for him in his mind. So maybe maybe it is that lack of longevity, personal preservation view that allows you like it's easy to take agency and take action when you have nothing to lose, right? And that was Hector's brain. Like, I got nothing to lose. Might as well make moves, right? I might as well do something while I still have time. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't I didn't really think about Hector too much because he just felt like such a plot point, like a plot mover, you know? Like, yeah, that, yeah, when he was like putting stones yeah. and walls and shit, and then like all his his you know broken hammers. I'm just like, okay, dude. Well, that's the point that I was thinking because like he he was using agency by like the writers, the puppet masters of these of these characters, and once his agency was enacted, he then be he was so docile. Like, I just want to be with Lenore. I want to read a. I want to write a book. Which like like. She fucking tricked you, dude. Yeah, right. You have no reason <laughs> She's to be a complete bitch. She's a bitch. Like she uses trickery and diplomacy, and then she got all bitchy because She's she like, was no longer ah, used. My sisters don't need me because we're in a war. I'm like, well, yeah. Didn't you help enact this a little yeah. bit? Yeah. Didn't you kind of use your diplomacy to make this a thing? Um, 
I don't know. I, I just didn't have a lot of, uh, I didn't have a lot of, I don't know what you call it. Like, uh, I guess empathy for either of those two characters, you know, cause you know, yeah. he was kind of like, you know, pretty, I think he was like pretty straightforward with her, like saying like, yeah, you're a dumb bitch sometimes, but he still loves her. And I'm like, that's so retarded. Yeah. And then, and then Lenore, like just whining for the entire season. I'm like, you're one of the four vampire queens of Wisteria, Wisteria or whatever. Do something. Yeah. Make something happen. You were still a vampire, right? Like you still have power. Like, why are you not doing something about it? Like, And they're all connected. Like, just do something. What bummed me out a little bit is because I was looking for that. It almost seemed like a kind of a nice organic tropey, but organic romance that could have started kind of forbidden love between a human trapped in captivity and a vampire that trapped that human, but was like kind of changing her ways. There was a way. Big snooze. I, listen, I think they they had the groundwork to make <laughs> something engaging, but they just threw it up. Like it was thrown away for better things. Thank God, because but, that would have been the absolute stupidest thing they could have done. What? Oh, okay. All I'm saying was it just means like you know, like uh, I don't. It's just like uh, such a Stockholm syndrome scenario. Where the guy's like, yeah, you did trick me and really ruined my life, but I still love you because, you know, it's just like, I don't know. I don't like that. It's icky. Right. What I, what I was hoping to have happen, and this is me, if we're going to fix it, this is how I would have fixed it, that he, he was playing a bit into the Stockholm. They should have just dialed down his obsession with her to like one. Right. Yeah, and yeah. she was growing an obsession with him. It's like a reverse Stockholm where she's fond of falling for the captor and then He's like, you realize you fucked me over forever. Do you actually give a shit about me? If so, let's do X and find out. Like, let's help me kind of roll Kill some of this. Camilla. Yes. Yeah. Help me roll some of this back and then we'll see what you're doing to commit. She commits. There we have organics, right? We don't have the Stockholm shit. We have kind of this interesting twist on the whole thing. But the groundwork was like episode three shattered. Like yeah. it was that was gone because what you said was right. I'm like, OK. He's a he's a puppy on a leash. He's a that turn, boy. Yeah, he literally turns around to make sure she's watching him poop. Right, like yeah. just like make some forge master shit. Right, just help me out. Help me out. Lay this fat deuce of a forge hammer, and then you know, <laughs> you know, looks like he built his hammer. Like, oh yeah, he did. And I don't know. It. You're right. It, it. It was. It became pretty docile pretty quick. But then we kind of like it. It was traded in for some much better, way better kind of more complex romancy stuff. And I think it's about time I, I bring up St. Germain in full, man. I really enjoyed kind of that through line in a way um, because he was willing to go to the distance and some entity was like, this guy right here, I'm going to trick his ass. Like, I'm going to use I got to say that was so telegraphed. It was disgusting. Um, I don't know if it was for me. Were you tricked by that at all? No. Okay. They telegraphed it later. It was later than the first meeting of the alchemist, but when there was like, someone that could literally kill St. Germain in an instant going along with it, then like that's a little weird. That's no, strange chick, to me. The chick with all the runes on her arms and stuff, I was like so beyond obvious that she's tricking this idiot. Yeah, I didn't realize I think the double the double swap of identity was weird for me. Like again, spoiler town, but that being Death's initial send in like that a little weird i i was kind of hoping she would have just stayed who she was summoned death death is like fuck you bloop, and just then like i'm i'm here now and like i'm gonna use the rebus and like i could i kind of was like she when she brought up the rebus i was like okay 
that right there seems a little fishy. What's her angle? But literally her, like, everything about what she said was like, "I'm tricking you, you idiot." Right. But I didn't. I didn't realize that. Yeah. She is death. Right. That was. Well, I mean, I didn't know what she was. Yeah. But I knew yeah. She right. Was fucking with him bad. Yeah. I, that was my twist. I'm like, oh shit, we actually got some, you know, prelude to death as a concept in his motive and plan was exactly right. Like have a crazy Dracula, just kill everything on the planet. And just, he gets a big fat supper, baby. Just like, give me those souls, baby. But, uh, yeah, I kind of, I was like kind of hoping that like, you know, maybe St. Germain outplayed her, but then by having a rebus, like death kind of comes into the picture. Like, good job. You were better than my first plan. A, but you plan B became way better. So like, screw you. Give me the rebus. Like there are other ways you could play that, but, I, I get it. I get it. Well, because uh, yeah. I think the thing that was crazy is she was like, you know, they're in the place where he had thought his lover was. And she's like, no, she already left. And But she's like, I'm strong enough to go That's wherever I want. Right. And so it's yeah. like, okay, if you're strong enough, just take me there, dummy. Yeah, right. You know, but instead they're like, no, you, you fell off the path of being an alchemist and I want you to go do that. Here's your task. The yeah. second she said, here's your task, I knew she was bad. Interesting. I I was kind of, maybe, you know, you know what, honestly, I was probably, I was like, this is fishy, but I'm going to be cool with her. <laughs> this is this is fishy, but I'm not, you know, nothing seems too off here. I think the problem is I read, like, exclusively spy books, you, so I yeah. don't trust anyone for tr- shit in shows. I- I kind of trusted her in that, like, what you're about to do is some dark shit, right? Like, cause you're about to do, I think her that saying- That was fair, though, because yeah. she did, like, literally tell him, you gotta, you gotta throw away hum- your humanity and kill a shitload of people. Yeah. And so I was like, huh, maybe it, she's like- it, I always be like, it's easy. Just do these things and kill, you know, a couple dozen people. You good to go? What's a couple dozen strangers for your love? Like, so don't don't, do, yeah, don't just tell go. me there's not a way. You right. know of a way. You know of a way, right? But- if she had fed it to him in an attractive way, then I've been like, bitch, like, okay, you're, you're really overselling this. But <laughs> her saying like, you can do this. There is a way, but like pretty unsavory shit, my dude. And I'm like, okay, she doesn't give a shit about him, but she is the, like, uh, the gravity of what he's about to do or the path he's about to go on was not lost on her enough for her to not try to sugarcoat it. Right. I think because if she was actually trying to get yeah, she was him just mad fishy though because she yeah. claimed she had already done all this and she's fishy's like she's fair she's like I yeah. have an Erebus and he's like where is it you know uh, I left it in the other dimension right? in my po- it, I left it in my other pocket like, dimension was some, it was just like I think too much <laughs> like it was almost too you know what telegraph I, I, prob- I wish they had been a little like less on the nose being like this is a bad person trying to trick you to come to your side I feel as though she, her giving him basically every step in the process, right? It, basically, like, there's a way, I'll tell you where to research it, go find it yourself, yeah. right? If you really gave a shit about alchemy and education, tell him to go learn, you know, go do the thing and get the information you need. But she was like, here's the 10 point play, go do it. If, you know, you actually love her. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was, uh, so, to come to your side, I can see the fishiness, but I mean, I don't know. Maybe I, because maybe I just kind of was enamored by Saint Germain's initial like game, man. He just like was like a fake jack of all trades that went around to like lords and duchesses and dukes and just like I can do whatever you want me to. Just make sure I'm Gucci, like just I'm paid and fed well. 
So I, I, I'm enamored by the character that St. Germain is because he's just a guy getting by and doing some dark shit to do it. Like, I don't know. I, I kind of attracted to a character that's willing to throw it all away for like a singular cause, whether he's duped or not. But that makes for interesting like character development because. Okay. okay. I'm just going to say my piece to, you know, disagree is he's clearly immortal. Yes. He has nearly infinite time to figure this out. So why go for the easy, like, kill all these people method? Also, there's been, like, a bunch of weird things that were happening with his girl in the infinite quarter. Like, you'd see her. She'd, like, send him away with some, like, you know, stone or something. Yeah, right. I'm just like, what is happening with this chick? And we never... Do we get much resolution on her either? No. No. Yeah, right. So I think that's... That's a common trope. I mean, a character that seems to mean well but it's so fixated on something that the tunnel vision closes in to a singular point. And the dupability of those kind of characters are extremely high, which makes for, you know, real easy shoehorn twists, which I'm on the fence about whether I think that's an engaging trope, because maybe that should have been a telegraph and will be forever in my mind now, because like whenever someone starts getting tunnel vision, you're asking to get duped, right? Yeah. You're just asking for it. Yeah. So, I mean, I like to see a character that still has the wherewithal, kind of what you said, like, I have infinite time. I might as well find another way. To well, do because this. like what she was saying to him was true. He had like stopped doing anything related to like al- alchemy, alchemy, like finding the you know whatever magnum opus Erebus thing. Yeah, and so like I-, I didn't disagree with what she was saying to him, but it was like it seemed like she was just saying like, why don't you just like do this in five weeks? You know? Yeah, right. Yeah. Whereas like he's been around for hundreds of years, millennia, it seemed like almost. Like Yeah. Like what the hell is the disconnect for this guy? Like That's a fair point. You and know? And th- then also I thought it was really weird that his girlfriend or whatever never said anything in the actual show. She never spoke once. Yeah, I And so I couldn't figure out if that was like a thing <laughs> you know well, it's i to bring it to a very strange kind of correlation and just kind of let me let me <laughs> let me have mine real quick all right, right. you know think soma gets killed with a pairing knife in the great gatsby right okay right you have the ideal of that, the ideal that is daisy she uh-huh. didn't talk for years and years and years and our boy is out here getting clout getting money getting riches and getting like literally trying to build in his own world what he needs to be to reclaim his his mental version of Daisy. And when we read the book back in 10th grade, you knew that like she's kind of a piece of shit, right? She's like, doesn't really like she doesn't fit that mold. I think this kind of trope interaction in a lot of stories that we never hear her talk because we never we have that one scene, right? Of kind of getting her vibe. She's a badass, but she's like fun and like she's like, worldly. she's like super smoking like <laughs> absolute 10 smoke show and then we never hear anything else about her again we got the captured moment we got his captured moment we don't know what she's been like in the infinite corridor we don't know it's been so long we don't know what the hell she's like now that's, that's another the way- question that yeah. I, I would pose them as like a creative staff is like you really think somebody that's in an infinite corridor that's by themselves could potentially not be insane by the time that he reached her. Exactly. But or we, yes. is it an infinite corridor where time does not exist? So she's actually just been there 
for like just a couple moments. Right. Ah, uh, yeah. And but a blink. But but an absolute speck on our timeline. <laughs> but I, I, that's a good one. I mean, like, and they have directions. Them never. But those would have been cool things to fucking right. delve into. I wonder. I I can't tell if a third door in that scenario was just like giving us glimpses, having his ultimate goal so close visually. Like you're right. She's right there, and no interaction, no nothing. And the only other thing he ever got was a stone. Just like. But I will say it was weird. He kept saying, I'm not powerful enough to control in this area or whatever. But it seemed like he had like relatively written off all his magical abilities. Like as far as I can remember, he didn't do anything since like middle of last season. Like magical. No, yeah, he didn't. And yet he was capable of apparently forbidden death magic and a barrier, by the way, strong enough to keep Alucard out. Yeah. Which, that, that I guess that felt like a big power jump for this guy. Like you said, he was kind of this Jester Joe Schmo, jack of all trades in a very humanitarian sense. And he's suddenly capable of this like near magnum opus, if not the magnum opus of alchemic magic. Like, seems a little odd to me, right? But... Yeah, I don't yeah. know, man. He he was an interesting character for sure. I totally agree. He was probably one of the more interesting characters of the season. Just like trying to figure out what his deal. <laughs> you, What's you, your deal, guy? Huh. <laughs> what you said earlier, the Infinite Corridor being such a huge plot element to the point where it's like we need to use this to get our main baddie back. Yeah. Do you think maybe they fleshed him out just to keep the Infinite Corridor relevant? I don't know. Like you said, we don't have an original IP on this one. We have... Well, to their- be fair, other than him, who else do we know that has even an idea of what's going on in the Infinite Corridor? Uh, right? Wasn't there one other person that... Well, death, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but that yeah. would be like... That's it, right. Pretty yeah. obvious that that was... You know what I mean? Like, yeah, They fair. needed him to be uh, tricky. Yeah, him to have like the savvy inside knowledge, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, uh, overall, I I think the most... The most, uh, I don't know. I am confused why they all wanted Dracula back so bad because then, you know, then they're like all kind of beholden to him. It seemed like, you know, uh, what's her face? Carmilla had a good idea of like, okay, now he's gone. I can take over large portions of these like, right. These lands that have been ruled by other vampire rulers. Right. Without the big baddie head at everything, they have kind of the scattered force. So taking each piece out is a lot easier than taking a Dracula controlled. Well, it would have made sense. Right. Like, and I think they were pretty clear about the fact that no matter what happens, whether you like him or not, you know, when he called on you, you had to show up, which Mm -hmm. is, I think what they showed season two. Yeah. Because he was like calling all these people up, including Carmilla. Exactly. Like all these different kings and monarchs or whatever you want to call them for vamps. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Monarchs. I was thinking of uh, another word that actually doesn't exist. So we're going to go ahead and say vampire monarchs. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We got that it. doesn't exist. I love it. <laughs> yeah. That's an inside thought now. That stays, <laughs> stays right up here in the old prof brain. Um, but I like what they did here. In like season three and four, they gave a pretty... I wouldn't say overly com- like beautifully complex, but a engagingly complex web of uh, warring, you know, motives and ultimate goals to keep Dracula both dead and alive, and kind of bounce it back and forth. And some individuals like Saint Germain, who had no, he they didn't he didn't give a shit of whether Dracula was dead or alive. He just kind of stumbled into the tool, the mechanism by which people would probably want to bring him back. Yeah. So they had this kind of 
nice web of the people with the means, those with motives and anti-motives all kind of clashing together. Um, and uh, I thought it was cool that Alucard wasn't like actually insane anymore. Yes, that was that was that nice. was like a dumb part of last season. I th- he literally hasn't seen a person in a month and he loses his mind. Like, that's a little soon, bro. Bro, we did that for 15 months. Alucard, take some notes. Yeah, we bro. literally live that life times many. So I don't want to hear it. Watch some anime, my guy. We'll give you our Netflix and Crunchyroll <laughs> subscriptions just for you. Yes. You can watch yourself and stay sane. Um, but yeah, I, I almost felt they kind of recognized how weird that was because did you feel that like between season three and four his pivot to sanity seemed a little like out of nowhere right it was definitely wild um and i do think well because they had set it up to where you know he had to kill those people he is banging yeah those two kids (laughs) you want to roll that you want to roll that back real quick those two japanese assassin guys that came over yeah yeah adult japanese young adult japanese children yeah right (laughs) anyway um and i think the problem for alucard is he's kind of like uh he requires cypher and trevor to be like super interesting to the plot i feel they almost knew that yeah and so i was like waiting the entire season for them to get it back together i did have a like a weird question though and i know it was it was asked before and answered but sure it was like, why didn't you just go with them and solve this issue? Like, it seems like a global issue going on with these vampires. And it seemed like if they were all three together, that would have been a solid, like, group to go deal with any problem. I think that... Oh, but- yeah, he would have been, been the tank. Like, he would have been, the, like, literally the balancing act to all... We have a mage, we have, like, a paladin, and when we then, we essentially have a tank warlock fighter, like... I don't know what's happening in your brain right now. I'm but. making a D&D party, but like, you know, gothic style, baby, right, right. you know, but like, they, they balance each other. What you're, you, you are right. And I, it just seemed like, you know, I, I, he originally said that he had to stay at the castle so they didn't like take it over and like refix it or whatever. Or he might've said he was going to fix it. I was just confused why he was still there, I guess. Man, like there was a part of me that, but then I realized they didn't know what the actual mission was anymore. Yeah, there was that six week gap of like, yeah, they okay, didn't we're know kind what of like, what's going on? Trevor's just going to live his life. Uh, Sky Dragon baby chick is going to go be with Trevor and like bang him, bang him, and also fight demons and just become this jaded ass that Trevor's just kind of like, now nah, that's the woman I like. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's got to, you want to get a drink? Like, I love you. I love you, baby. I like the way you've worked that fire and ice and thunder magic. <laughs> so good. But uh, yeah, I guess they kind of went their separate ways and did their own thing. Trevor, Trevor and her doing everything they always would have and him doing what he always would have. But I almost feel like they really miss an opportunity they kind of touched on it earlier on, like Alucard's guilt of being a the spawn of the scourge that started all of this, right? Like he's the son of Dracula, and he in this last season he's kind of working to become kind of this force for good, anti-hero or not. He's like he literally said, "Damn it, I'm becoming Trevor Belmont. I have this urge. I need to help people against these demons." But they didn't really push it to a, the next conclusion of. But I'm intrinsically connected to the source of it all. Are people even going to care that I'm helping? Like, yeah, this is the least you can fucking do, like Dracula's son. They never really go there, which I'm kind of sad they didn't, because that would that probably would have been the reason why 
What I thought would have been interesting uh, yeah. is if they had basically, you know, because he is, I don't know, if they had given me some kind of hierarchy, this would all have made more sense. But like, to me, you know, if you're talking monarchical societies, the son of whatever, you know, monarch exists is generally then, I mean, re- you know, replaces him. Yeah, right. So I was thinking it'd be cool if like, just like random freaking vampires just started showing up and being like, yo. Give me the castle. No. Or like, oh, yeah. I want to serve you. Oh, both could be true. Right. Like, he's no Dracula. He may be his son, but he's no Dracula. Some I mean, try to get him. wild strong. He is crazy strong. But again, some try to serve him. Some try to slay yeah. him. That would be, that again, that'd be a really interesting dynamic. Because then, then his like reasoning of being insane makes sense because all these people are coming to him with like either deceit or, destruction. you know, destruction. Yeah. And, and it's just like, you know, that could, you know, weigh on his soul. Yeah. Whereas like, like, in my opinion, solitude for somebody who's a thousand years old or whatever the hell. What's a couple months? He was asleep for 500 years, I think he said. It's like, (laughs) why are you mad after a month you've gone nuts? Right. And wow, that kind of opens a little bit of a Pandora's box and stuff that didn't explore because part of him is still human, right? Yeah. The, the, his ties to humanity are not completely devoid. So I look shit up and we're going to get to it, but it was just like, what the fuck am I reading right now? Oh yeah. 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 Serious. Like I, I don't know, man. It just feel like, I feel like they could have gone a lot of places with Alucard's, uh, what character, like as he's being in your, if keep going down your hypothetical trail, he mean he's being attacked or he's being served by other vampires. Both would make him think on his human side, like, am I just kind of rebuilding what my father just like uh, sent away or turned the world into chaos? Am I becoming him again? But in a more real sense, because he now has a squad or he has people that he's just slaying left and right. And the human side of him, which Dracula never had, could have been explored. Like, is this the way we want this to go? And you can have conflicts like that internally in how you're running vampiric empires. Interesting. Yeah, Again. I thought that would have been interesting, but also like, is there an actual way to coexist between humans and vampires? He would have been the one literally right? the like, perfect that could guy, have been interesting right? Interesting to, to like explore. Because Camilla's take was clearly wrong. Like kill kill eighty well, percent livestock, the other twenty. So that would have made sense though. And I think that's what the other other sisters were saying is like I like them a lot actually. That was a survival plan that would have worked, but Carmilla's problem is she just goes freaking nuts. She has too much thirst, man. The thirst too is a much little, time little, on her bloody hands. Yeah, the thirst is a little too real. That's kind of yeah, the, like, too much time on her hands. That's what Lenore said. When she's alone, she schemes, she gets in her own head and she's just like, I want fucking more. And it's like well, her line is powerful. When you have everything that they you quote unquote took from you, will you be satisfied? Will you be happy? I may not be happy, but I'll have that. Yeah. That was like interesting. That's the logical conclusion I'm looking at. They were in, that, for yeah. sure. Like, each of their kind of like ideals was pretty interesting, especially Carmilla. Well balanced. Yeah. Just like, well, I think she just well explained it well. Like they've been taking from us, taking from us, blah, blah, blah. But at least I've taken it back. You right. Know? It like, doesn't matter if my a, happiness like, is important. Yeah. I've taken it back. And it's it's funny because like Lenore said, once uh, when us, it was us four, we were in perfect harmony. We all had what others lacked and we played on each other. But when one was removed, it all fell to shit, right? But I think that is kind of like a, just an overall kind of, I guess, 
analogy to like real life for us, yeah, right? Everyone balance, is moderation. Balance well, is important. that, but like everyone is, they're so worried about like getting ahead, but they don't realize what that means and what do you do after, right? Like nobody yeah. has real long term plans. It's all like short term shit. Right. And I think that's like Carmela's biggest problem is she's just like, I'm going to take over the world. And it's like, okay, but then, then what? what? <laughs> yeah, right. And when everyone else is dead, like you're not even using livestock anymore. What happens, what happens when everything is taken? What do you do to well, keep it? Just it just kind of seemed like yeah. Lenora had realized that. And she was just like, you know what? Like, deuces sayonara <laughs> uh hey hector you want to run away bitch now i'm gonna write a book like no take your take your ring back i don't want you anymore <laughs> i don't think that's how it played out it didn't that's kind of how i was hoping it but, played uh, out but striga and marana morgana or whatever that was an interesting fight when she put on the sun armor and just went absolutely buck wild the anim again anime yeah, yeah you might actually be in recent memory not I haven't seen a show that looked better consistently up after up. I'll give you that. But I will say weird that like she slaughters a group of farmers and then catches a conscience. Like I was just like a little bit baffled by this because that is literally the plan that they were sent to, you know, you know I, I kind of carry kinda, out a bit of a bit of disagreement because I feel as though what was the kind of like the the, the smaller one's name again of the two Morgana I think, Morgana. Yeah. Like yeah. The way she tried to, because she's like the reasonable, like reasonable, practical one of the four. Like she knew how to like set the plan up, make it consistent and sustainable. I don't know. They are good because they're opposites together. But when she was given a message via the language of battle, right? It's what she said. They weren't scared men. They were men who were willing to die here for their land, like for their their piece of the pie, right? And that she can understand, I think, more than like, listen to me, like, here's the practicality of it. Like, no, fuck you. This is the mission. She comes back. And when she completed the mission, she's like, but I didn't see scared men. I saw people willing to die. And maybe this is not the way to play it. I, I kind of like that because it took that whole scene to fail, fail to convince her. But one battle was the thing that got her. I don't know. I think... The only thing that it explained to her is that this will go on forever. There is and no maybe, winning this war. Fair. Right? And she that, says that. She literally says, we win all the battles, but we lose the war. And, and I think that's what it is, right? It's because people will always be willing to rise up. But it just seemed like... To a feudal end, sure. Like She would always win the battle, but it, she would have to keep fighting it. Like, yeah, but it just seemed like sort of a counterintuitive to their kind of like plan they had literally all agreed on like a week ago. Yeah, I think they and they talk, didn't they talk about that like when we're away from Camilla and her quote unquote spell, which is more of just yeah, yeah, her, her, her reasoning and logic and philosophy is intoxicating to them because they're vampires, they inherently thirst, right? So th when they're away, they kind of are not under that influence anymore, and they came back and they're like, "That went nuclear. Do you want to get a cabin in Cabo? Yeah, let's go do That's that. We're going west. We're like. going west. Like, <laughs> let's just do it." <laughs> So, I mean, it, you know, I, I applaud this show because it managed to make a pretty intricate web of things in 32 episodes total, yeah. by the way. Shockingly succinct for what they delivered, I think. I don't know. I mean, that's a good point. But I think, you know, it is a very action-driven show, so it does help. Right. You know, like, it would have been nice to get, I guess, a little bit more backstory, a little bit more, like... You know, because I did agree with them. It felt like they had no freaking aim early on in this in this season. They were just kind of like, 
wandering about ambling. And, uh, you know, I was like, you know, what, what is their goal? Like the two of them at, at that point, it made no sense. Yeah, I think that's what, and I think that's where the proactivity conversation came right. up. Right. Because as you said, right. They had never actually maybe had a goal. Not even in the beginning. Trevor was drinking in a bar when we found him and he reacted and just kind of fell ass backwards and all this stuff. Yeah. But when they decided to stop reacting and sit down and have pro proactivity, that's when we got our end game, right? We finally got it. Um, yeah, so anyway, I did look up kind of like, I guess, what the real lore is supposed to be in terms of a um, like a family tree for the Belmonts. Okay. Because I was like, did he have a kid for real? Oh, you know, right, right, right. Uh, what's his face? Uh, Trevor. Yeah. And it turns out him and Cypher, I guess, are, are actually like a thing. Oh, word. And okay. they have a kid. But what I didn't know is... is Sam's? What's his kid's name? Simon, I Simon, believe. yeah, because they're, they're, they're games about his son, yeah. But apparently, he, he is Alucard's son, Trevor, and he just, no one knows somehow. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. With who? Some Belmont chick. <laughs> I know. So what? It could be wrong, like, but I was no, on man. multiple of the family trees. <laughs> Like that I saw. I don't know. Wow. It was, I mean, it was certainly a enlightening little uh, No jaunt. kidding. Well, hey, Daddy Alucard, let's fight together. No, you might. What'd you think of him like showing back up at the end, Trevor? I was actually like totally down with him being dead. Yeah, I I think so too. Um, Him showing up at the end, I almost feel, okay, and again, I'm not against big Netflix. Just let me have my tinfoil hat. Oh this was God. this was maybe a play that like if there's enough outcry and want from Powerhouse and uh, the ability to go forward, there could be room now to have a fifth. But you're so big Netflix. I'm, uh, no, no, I'm not anti big Netflix. Those they gave me they gave me all this good shit. So like I I am I am in Netflix's uh scent pocket whatever fuck it i you know what i'm not gonna go that far because you know big netflix is destroying entertainment so um, <laughs> i want to keep people on their toes i don't know if i'm like simping for netflix or against netflix <laughs> and maybe maybe we'll find out one day right but, but i would have been i would have been cool with it because that would have been an ultimate kind of like message of what trevor's character is right he's willing to take that ultimate sacrifice in the face of doing what the only thing he knows how to do. Well, right? That's what I think is the problem with having him just show up at the end is it's like that kind of just made that whole thing worth nothing, uh, you know? And then like even the, having St. Germain save him at the end is like, mm, yeah, yeah. I don't know, like man. He's dying anyway. Like, sure. Why not? It, do, you, do you think it might be in efforts to tighten that bow? Just everything is good. Like I think probably. Yeah, yeah. right, right. Westeron, and that's the thing. We talked about this before. Though West Cypher seemed to have been like totally down with still living in that area. Right. And yeah. then they immediately afterwards were like, here's Trevor. And we can go like spawn again, baby. Let's make a child. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I did think it was weird that she wanted to to leave like his family house. Yeah, that seems odd. There's a lot of good shit down in the basement, like, right? The kid needs to probably t carry on the family thing, right? Yeah, I I don't know. Um, anyway, it, yeah, we talked about it though. Like Western audiences love a bow tied tight on their stories a lot of the times. It's changing in modern media, but overall, classic Western storytelling. Things wrapped up, hero's journey, resolution, everything's cool. 
Eastern storytelling can get away from that a little bit, but that's not who it's built for. It's built for a Western audience. And to that point, still anime. Frankly, still fucking anime. Yeah, it's still anime, punks. Yeah, deal with it. It's great. It's a great show. We, I, I guess before I want to give a ranking, we didn't talk about the Zamphir. I found her very interesting. The leader of that resistance. Yeah, yeah. She's completely deluded that these people are like, like everything can still be saved to what it was prior. I think that's just, the, I think it was a pretty good kind of uh, personification of, you know, trauma and the delusions that can come with kind of PTSD situation, yeah. right? Thoughts? Any, I mean, I guess I agree. Un- unimportant, you know? Like, she was very unimportant in my opinion. I think they were pretty clearly like, yeah, this town's a piece of garbage and you keep telling us it's the best city in the world. Right. I think her delusion made her really not an effective recovery mechanism for the town. She was just like, everything was shit and she seemed to have the most influence despite doing nothing. Well, she was the last royal born was the thing. But right. what was weird to me is how they had all that like, vampire shit in their hold and they didn't explain that at all yeah they had a really pretty sweet four cross dagger isn't that supposed to be the holy cross item from the game where you can throw it out and it's like kind of one shot kill for some things i have no clue you never played you never played castlevania i played the one on the game boy in 99 yeah this one's older than that one yeah a little bit older but yeah there's an item where it's like a holy cross where you throw it out and it's like a literally what that was in the show you could throw it and it would go and come back to you. Well, he did throw it. Right, exactly. Homages. (laughs) Let's go, baby. But, uh, okay. Overall, fucking awesome show. And you could scorch through it in like a weekend. The whole thing. Or, in my case, three hours. I meant the whole season one to season four. Oh, oh, yeah. Because we're going to do, I think we should do maybe two rankings. Season four and show overall. If you, you, because I have my scores. I've been thinking about it the whole time. Okay, sure. All right. I'm going to, we can do the season four first. This last season, I would think is arguably the best. I would go so far as to say it's an 85. Interesting. 85 out of 100 Holy Crosses that Ethan doesn't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm going to go with 88 Belmont Boys. Wow. Okay. Literally, the only reason is every single episode, I was like, this is the best animation I've ever seen this consistent. It, it's literally a, 10 fucking episodes of just like absolute like, god tier so expensive yes absolutely and not god-tier. only that they changed like styles too they use cgi sometimes they use like you know that weird like um when there's just like so much explosions going on that your it's eyes kind of like fade out it's like it's like literally sketch on yeah, white yeah, yeah. yeah. And and they only do it for a couple frames. Yeah, the exactly. beautiful effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Carmela's whole fight was nuts. Striga's so fight good. was wild. Yeah. I, I guess I would give it a couple points less than you in that, like, I think I maybe was more convinced at their lack of explanation or not explanation. They didn't take some stuff further than they should have. The Alucard, they could have really played on. You know, St. Germain, they could have played differently. They could have done a lot of other chaff differently. But the, what they did, they did well. So. 85, I'm going to land on that. I'm going to give the whole series like an 84, like, frankly. Hmm. All in a collective, because I'm giving them the BOTD that Netflix is like, Castlevania anime, huh? Yeah, here's four apps. And it was good enough to get us here. So. That's true. I'm going to give it an 84. I'll give it an 86. Okay. All right. I like your optimism on this one. Pretty solid. (laughs) That was a good show. I think you're actually underplaying how good the animation was. Which is probably a 
new turn for me. I'm it's trying weird. To, I don't know what's I'm, going I'm on. I'm trying. With you. I'm trying to. I give, think it's your post <laughs> post beach. Maybe that's you're true. Too chilled. I'm a little. I'm maybe I'm a little too chill. Yeah. But I like that you've gone from sad boy summer to uh, I don't know, sanguine boy summer, like the real happy stuff. Sanguine is blood. No, isn't sanguine like the uh? There's like melancholy, sanguine, and there's like four temperaments. Like I have no, I know exsanguinate would be to remove all blood from somebody's body. So well, it's a, va- a buddy. It's a vampire show. It's a vampire yes. show we're talking about. Yeah, so right. It doesn't matter. Maybe you are a sanguine boy summer. I Maybe guess you so. are a vampire. I guess it works. Yeah, but you've gone from sad to satisfied boy summer. Well, we'll see how sad we are next week. Oh yeah, that's a. Get your, get so your the options are out. we could do Record of Ragnarok because that's hot right now. It is hot right now. Or we could do the original Sad Boy plan of Grave of the Fireflies. <gasps> you dropped the bomb at the end. If you yes. listen to this song, you actually would know what we're doing next week. Yeah. Yeah. I think we, you know what? We've been doing a lot of like the hot hits lately. Maybe we'd bring it back and do a Grave of the Fireflies. Get our cinematic game on okay, lately. Okay. All right. Yeah. Potentially. Between Potentially. those two. But you'll never know until you listen next week. <laughs> but thanks for coming to the class this week. Um, like us on uh, YouTube. Like, comment, subscribe. I'm actually getting them up this week. Vacation is over for me, so it's back back on the old grind. Um, if you want to listen with just your ears and not your eyes, all the links are in the description. Apple, Spotify, everything in between. And uh, all our socials are down in there on Spotify and on YouTube. And any platform is going to have all of them. So um patreon.com slash ubology come over to the discord one dollar and up uh three dollars and up gets you our syllabus sidebar our lo-fi high vibes sometimes anime sometimes not sometimes visual you still got it folks. i do still got it podcast i would call it a podcast this is no it's a multicast it's multiple <laughs> medium different ca- stuff different stuff we get to play around in the inner sanctum with new content and if you want to see it fresh off the process line I thought I had it. No, I don't have it anymore. <laughs> He's lost. Yeah, I lost it. As quickly as I got Quick, it, I lost end it. it. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. I'm going to go end it by watching anime I didn't get to watch on the beach all week. But all right. until I can actually re-snap back to reality, I'm Ricky. <laughs> and, and this has been Weavology. A deuces. I'll be a real professor now. You know what? No, fuck it. I do. You can re-rise. I'll re-rise. I'm still, I'm still mentally on the beach. Bye.